Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome back to Hawks Live every Thursday right here at Bellevue Square Center Court. Thursday, 7 p.m. on Seattle Sports 710. I'm Michael Bumpus with my man, Paul Moy. Yay. It's time to do what we love to do, man. Break down film and make sense of some of the biggest plays that we saw this past weekend. Now, this first play, I mean, we were waiting for this one, Moyer. We were waiting for Mr. DK Metcalf, number 14, to put a game together, let alone one of the biggest plays of his career, man. So let's get into it, man. Geno Smith finds Mr. DK Metcalf for a 73-yard touchdown. Dallas in the backfield. Geno from the shotgun with three receivers to his right. JSN, one of those guys, four-man rush. Geno steps up, throws the slam. What a catch! There he goes! DK, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Seahawks! 73 yards, DK Metcalf on a perfect slant route thrown by Geno Smith. Holy catfish, what a way to start this one for the Seahawks. You get a stop on D, you go right for the jugular, and the Seahawks go on top 6-3. to three. And they picked up the third down. <laughs> I got to throw that in there. Got Dave Wyman. That's the fastest 40, 30, 20, 10. <laughs> you know, again, what he, it's the fastest. 22 miles per hour, I believe. 22.7. Like and yeah. it's the fastest of the year. I, from, from Fastest since 2020. I mean, look, we know DK is fast. And DK knew he was going to get a touchdown, but I think he wanted to prove a point too, yeah. uh, as well. Look, I, I wouldn't call that a slant. I would call that more of a skinny post. Uh, I call it, it a bang. Bang? Yeah. That's why I call it five step is a bang. I'll call it seven a post and a three a slant. It, you know, at least in my offense. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, he, he completes it at 15 yards and it's just inside the numbers. We used to call it a skinny post. It didn't get mm-hmm. all the way into the post. It's not an in route. It's not a slant. Uh, two things on this. Uh, Dallas tried to um, disguise this. So they pretended like they were going to double or go over the top on DK because DK was a single wide receiver to the offense's left and we had three wide receivers to our right. And so Gino looked at the safety. The safety pretended like he was going to go over the right over the top, but he came back down. I don't really know what they were doing on their defense. I don't know why they did it. And Gino read it perfect. Uh, it's it's good protection. We we knew that the the pocket was going to get uh, it's going to be muddled at times, and you're still going to have to make those throws. But the pocket's nice, you know. They, and he, when he has time and he can step into the throw, you know, Gino's incredibly accurate. I think they practice this a ton because uh, what's uh, what's the corner's name? I've already drawn a blank on him. Bland. Yeah, thank you. He he liked to undercut a, a bunch, and that's how he gets his interceptions. So they threw this thing high, knew when he was going to undercut. It's it is a it's probably one of the best throws I've seen Gino make, and it's one of the best catches I've seen DK make. This is not an easy catch and throw, and, you know, the rest is history after that. Yeah, this is when I knew he was healthy, man. I, I felt like the last few weeks he was struggling a little bit, and uh, what I think is I think that safety is looking for the crosser by number three and number two receiver on the backside uh, because you see the backer flow to the flat with the running back. So that makes me think that, okay, that corner probably has his deep third or quarters in that safety's looking for the cross route. Either way you put it, 
Gino takes him there with his eyes too, right? Okay, you're looking for the crosser if that's the case. I'm going to take you there with my eyes, snap back to DK, and then boom, put it on a line in a hands that's catch a by DK, man. Uh, the windows are small yeah. in the NFL. you got to be able that's to complete this pass. That, that window is about the size of my hand. I mean, it's, it, it, <laughs> there just wasn't much room there. And, you know, and that's what Gino's capable of. We saw that last year, and uh, this was the first game where – I just, I just felt like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to throw what I see. I'm not going to wait for them to get open. Because at the time, he's really not open. Um, but he, he put it in a perfect spot. All right, let's get to this next play. Oh, my gosh. You know what the Seahawks did? What did they do? They had a big play on a screen. Geno Smith finds Zach Charbonnet for 39 yards on a screen pass. Second and ten, empty backfield for the Seahawks in Dallas territory. Quick throw near side to Charbonnet, who's lined up wide, and he takes off inside the 30, breaks the tackle, 20, 15, 10, down to the five-yard line. Goes Zach Charbonnet, catches a swing pass as he lines up wide to the left side. Dorrance Armstrong, the defensive lineman, finally chases him down. What you got? Oh, you want him to go? All right, let's get it. All right, so this is what happens. You got an empty backfield. You got three receivers to the right of Geno. You got Jake Bubble and Zach Charbonnet to the left. This is just a numbers game right here, Moyer. They know they're going to run this screen. So you got your left tackle and your left guard who are going to show pass pro for a second, and they release. So you leave two guys free, right? What the center does, he blocks down on that one or three tech right there, and the five tech is free. You let him go. He realizes, look, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. He tries to reverse back field, and it is too late. What I love about this is you put your best blocking receiver on a corner in Jake Bobo. Boom, you go and get him. Now you let the big boys go free. You got two of those guys on a backer. One lineman takes care of the backer. The other guy goes to the safety. And the rest is just Zach Charbonnet being elusive with the ball in his hands. I saw this play, and these are one of the moments when I thought to myself, man, I wish Moyer was here so I could see his reaction. Because Moyer would be going nuts if he saw this go down. Well, you saw it go down with you in Dallas with your family, man. Uh, a big play, man. We've been waiting on something like this to happen in the screen game. It finally gets done. Yeah, I, I give credit to Shane Waldron on this, too, because the last thing I'm thinking, I've, I've got Charbonnet and Bobo all the way out to my left, or defense is right. They ain't throwing it to them because I've got JSN, I've got Tyler Lockett, and I've got DK to the right. They got four guys over there. They're kind of confused, too. They're, they, they get lined up a little late. I, I, I'll just close it with this. What I, what I really liked about it is you got Cross and you got Lewis out quick and right. uh, man you want to get big guys on little guys and they double team basically one of the safety linebacker that they had in at the time they shove him all the way out and then lewis sees it it's kind of like a it's a double team if he goes uh to my left and i'm going to keep going out for the safety if he comes to my right then cross would have gone to the safety and then lewis sprints man he's he's run at least a five two uh, <laughs> forward here, but he knocks the safety on his butt as well, and that wears guys. As a matter of fact, he made him do a somersault. Uh, just really good. I loved it. It was just the whole game plan was good. It was just just when you thought they were going to do one thing, we come back for a run, then we run a quick screen, we run a screen that we would never think we would run, uh, and we're going to have to have a bunch of that this week. All right, final play here. Oh, this one hurt, Moyer. Uh, you got the game on the line. You're driving down the field. You get to fourth down, fourth and two with a minute and seven left on the clock, and Geno Smith can't connect with DJ Dallas. Dallas shows blitz. They bring it. Geno gets rid of it, and he can't 
complete it. Gino is hit in the backfield again by Parsons, who has just been a terror. And that's going to do it. As the Seahawks just have no answer for number 11 tonight, Micah Parsons, no matter where he lined up, he seemed to be in the backfield the whole time. What'd you see? Well, I, I, I really would like to talk to the players on this one. I, I think this is a design play. And, again, this is one of those you get up on the board and you, you draw it up and you go, this will work. And so they, they blitz us, man. There's, there's no question about it. They're sending six guys. And we've got five linemen. Actually, we really have a tight end at chips as well and, and helps on us. But they decide they're going to leave Parsons, who's to the offense's right, wide open. I saw this. It was a Notre Dame game. I think it was a college game. Somebody showed this where the back came all the way back to the other side quick there, there's nobody covering DJ Dallas if if this is to him he's got to go now he cannot waste any time because we got a guy free and more important he's got to get also past the guy that Abe Lucas is blocking and that's where he runs into him um, I almost when I looked at it again from the end zone and I, I've looked at this play a bunch and I was a hundred percent sure I knew this play I'm not sure that DJ whiffed on Parson you think that he was going to pick him up? I think he may have been picking him up because he throws it. Look at him. He, if you look at the end zone at the last second, he throws an elbow at him. I would have liked to have seen him come underneath Abe Lucas and just get out to the flat. There's no one going to be there. It's, yeah. it's going to work. It will absolutely be a first down. If that's the design, if he was supposed to go over there and actually pick him and pick him up, which I would have preferred they didn't do that, but that's fine. Sometimes... You know, you're not sure how we're going to slide and how they're, they're lined up. You can't always get that perfect. There's going to be mismatches at times. But if he picks them up, we've got JSN open on an in route. It's, it's open. Um, so, you know, at first I thought that was the, the, the Notre Dame play right. that people saw. And I said, well, I get it. Um, Notre Dame has better players than, than that team. So, um, again, fourth and two, I, I didn't have a problem with it, I just it wasn't executed right. Yeah, uh, we heard Geno speak after the game. He said that he was supposed to release. I think DJ just hesitates and, yeah. and doesn't get there. All right, hey, make sure you get onto the Bellevue uh, Collection Dining District. There's so many great restaurants to choose from today. We had our pre-show meal from Patty Coins. I had the chicken sandwich. It was bomb. It's privately owned. It's a family restaurant, and they're actually from Ireland. They have a great happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m., and then they turn up again from 10 to 1 a.m. every single day. All right, when we come back, it's time to talk that talk. Well, I got to give Patty Coyne some love here. Uh, first of all, they are, their owners are local owners, nicest people in the world. You go there. It's a really cool atmosphere. I kid you not, it's the best fish and chips I've ever had in my life. It's not even close. And I've been fasting for 72 hours, <laughs> so I've been waiting for that. Um, so I did have the fish and chips and a couple of other things. Um, didn't kill myself. But I, I, totally honest, best fish and chips ever had in my life. Go to Patty Coin and get it if you like fish and chips. And I kid you not, the chicken sandwich was bomb. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah, the food was really amazing. All right. When we come back, it's time to talk that talk. That's when we pick on some, uh, some topics, man. The Seahawks, will they make the playoffs? Is Brock Purdy the MVP of this league? We'll let you know that's next right here on Hawks Live. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. 
Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. The show is every Thursday at 7 o'clock right here on Seattle Sports 710. It is time to talk that talk. This is when me and Moyer throw some topics out there. He lets me know that he thinks he's right, and I uh, I agree with him sometimes, but sometimes I don't agree. So uh, let's see how we feel this time around. Moyer, first topic. This is my question to you. Gay, nay, you let me know how you feel. The Seahawks will still make the playoffs this season. There's no question we're going to agree on this one. Um, <laughs> yes, it's it going to be tough. Um, I re- We really we need to win this week to make it easier from a tiebreaker standpoint because if we lose this game, we're 0-4 in our division. Or excuse me, we're 1-4 in our division. That, man, that's part of a tiebreaker. It's another conference game. That's part of a tiebreaker. So I'd really like to win this one. I, I think it's going to be tough. Um, I Watching Philly on film, I think we'll beat Philly when they when they come here. But that would be four losses in a row. And yeah, that's that's a streak you don't want. Uh, we're go- I think we got to get to 10 wins. I don't think 9 and 7 is going to – 9 and 8 is going to pull it off. Uh, I know it's 63% of the time it works every time. Um, but I don't think we're going to – I don't think nine and eight is going to get us into the playoffs. So we we got to win one of these next two and then sweep the final three. Man, if we played in the NFC South, we'd be right in the mix. Got the Atlanta Falcons at six and six. They hold the fourth seed right there. But uh, but you're right. Behind them, the Cowboys are nine and three, the fifth seed. You got Minnesota six and six, seven seed, and then you have the Green Bay Packers at six and six with the seventh. And then you have the Rams right in front of you. So no, I think we are going to agree on this one because uh, we keep hope alive. And we know what it's going to take this weekend. It's going to take a great effort. Can you cause turnovers? Can you limit yards after contact and yards after the catch? That is going to be key. But if this offense can do anything close to what they did last week against the Dallas Cowboys, you would think they would have a chance. But no, it's it's going to be tight. And you put yourself in this position. Let's see how resilient this team can be. Yep, you can't give up fourth quarter leads. Uh, they come back and bite you. And now we're in the, we're in the position we are. And I, I do believe Pete's right. We'll say when they make the playoffs, they will be battle-tested. They will be a tough out because of the type of teams they've had to play and prepare for. And so these are playoff games, and, you know, we got to shine. All right, next one. Man, this guy is having an unbelievable season. A lot of people think he's a system quarterback. But here's some stats on this guy. Um, He's seventh in the league in passing yards. But he's thrown it 70 yards, 70 less times already than just Geno. Right. I mean, that's not compared to some of the other guys. First in the NFL in completion percentage, 70.2. He's fourth in touchdowns with 23, which, again, I think he's 28th or 29th in pass attempts. That's a remarkable stat. Number one in QBR, 75.6. That's a crazy number. Number one QB rating, 116. He's first in yards attempt, first in yards completion. Brock Purdy, will he win the MVP? Now, we know what type of award this is. The last time a non-quarterback won the MVP was 2012. I believe it was Adrian Peterson. And and all he had to do was come back from an ACL and rush for 2,000 yards, right? You look at this award, it's become a quarterback award. But look, Tyreek Hill's having a better season than he is. Tyreek Hill is on pace to receive over 2,000 yards yards. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think that um, other positions don't get enough love when it comes to the MVP. But we all know what drives this league. 
Who's the first guy you see on the commercials? Who's the last guy you see leaving the field? Who does everybody want to interview? It's the quarterback. I don't think Brock, I think Brock Purdy, I think every quarterback is a system quarterback. You get in the right system, a system that fits you, you are a system quarterback. Dak Prescott, system quarterback. Tua, system quarterback. Even Pat Mahomes, the system quarterback, because Andy Reid allows him to do all the things that he does. So when people say system quarterback, I'm like, eh, everybody's a system quarterback. You got to get into your system. But is he the MVP of this league? No, I don't think so. I'm going to stick with my receiver buddy and say Tyreek Hill right now is and should be the MVP of this league. And you know what's messed up? What? It's that a couple years ago, Cooper Cup won the Triple Crown and wasn't even really in the race for MVP. <laughs> we know how this is going to go. A quarterback is probably going to get it, but I'm going against the grain. Tyreek Hill, holla at your boy. Yeah, well, he, he's got some serious consideration. You know, I, I know that uh, Debo Samuel won't, but I, I could almost put him up there. Well, I watched Debo? him last week. Look, he's got 160 yards rushing. The man is he's at 927 yards. I'm, ta- I'm sorry, Ayuk. Ayuk. Ayuk okay. right yeah. now. He's got 927 yards receiving. He's averaging 18.5 yards per catch. 18. Matter of fact, their whole offense. They got Purdy eight. ain't even the best on his team. George Kittle's averaging 14.7. Debo Samuel's averaging 15.5. Jennings 14.1. I think we have one guy above that, those numbers. Um, I think he's under serious consideration. I think if he gets the number one seed in the NFC, I think he's going to win it. Now, here's the good news for that. The last the last guy to win the MVP and win a Super Bowl was like 20 years ago. Who is it, you know? I, I, I want to almost say it could have been uh, uh, Tom Brady. I, I, I don't remember. It, or I, Elway. I feel like it might have been Elway, it, too. It, it, I'm telling you, it's been a long time. And you know what? We're, our producer's probably going to find it and say, that was two years ago. <laughs> um, but it was a long time ago because it was one of those weird stats that you didn't really want to win the MVP because no one ever won the Super Bowl. Right. But he's certainly deserving of it. When you have those kind of numbers, and those are they're beyond great numbers. If he threw the ball... A hundred times more. His, it's not even close. He ain't the best on his team. But here, here, okay. How about this? He's fourth in touchdowns. He, I think, behind Mahomes. I bet Mahomes thrown it two hundred times more than him. It's Let's just see. Mahomes thrown it three hundred and one right? times. What did I say? And it was Mahomes. Was it Mahomes <laughs> too? Okay, Kurt Warner ninety nine before that. So I was right, other than uh, the, the great Patrick. I was right, other than gonna bring my wife into the situation huh well there was a two in there stuff right it was there. 20 years ago or 2022 <laughs> all right you say yes i say no i say yeah all right we got more to do we'll be joined by kenny mcintosh right here in person that is next on hawks live Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bombas with Paul Moyer. We are joined now by Seahawk running back Kenny McIntosh. Give it up one more time for my guy. How y'all doing? Kenny, I've got to say, man, um, 
we 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 pretty much related, man. Because your brother went to Wazoo and I'm a cool. So uh, that makes us family. I all just time. figured out that information when I walked up here. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. But that's crazy, though. Yeah, man. My boy Dion did go out there and did his thing. He did his the, thing, uh, man. Last year, I believe it was two years ago. Thing. Yeah, yeah, he went out there and went crazy. Man. He gave us a run game when we really needed it. Uh, man. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I remember one game it was storming out there. My parents told me they couldn't even see the field out there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a and that's a long way from home, man. That's not even Seattle, man. That Pullman. That's farther than father, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm at the bottom of the mouth from South Florida, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, so, yeah, that's, that's too far. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he dealt with it. I, I, I well, how- and, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you on a different route. I was, I was going to bring you there later, but, you know, his brother went to Notre Dame, and then he transferred to Washington State. Not a lot of people do that other than uh, Bumpus, who went there right out of high school. <laughs> but what, what got him there? Uh, to, to Washington State. I mean, so he ended up going to Notre Dame, like you mentioned. Um, after going to, been there for like two, three years, I want to say he ended up leaving, went JUCO, okay. East Mississippi. Left, East, went crazy at East Mississippi, broke records there, and then ended up at Washington. So, um, you know, he just had a, you know, a trust little journey that a uh, bed he made. You know, and, um, you know, everybody goes through ups and downs and stuff like that. So, you know, and um, fortunately. He got his opportunity to go, you know, play uh, in the XFL, I want to say, I, want, yeah. I believe, in um, Houston. So he got his chance. He's, he's steady working. He's steady grinding for that opportunity again. So um, it kind of worked out for him. Yeah. Was yeah. he on last chance, you? Oh, uh, man, they left the year before he got there. You really? know what I'm saying? They just left the, went to, um, I think it was Indy. Went to Indy. Indy, yeah. They went yeah. to Indy. They went uh-huh. to Indy. They just left. But that's, man, that's the school that everybody watched on Netflix. And, yeah, everybody seen the man yelling in the screen. I mean, the stands and stuff. He was there. I went there actually to go see him there and witness it myself. So um, it was, a, you know, a nice experience for him, man. Yeah. Man, you um, 500 yards receiving your last year at man, Georgia. Yeah. Is, that, uh, is that something that you kind of grew into? Or did you receive the ball in high school? as well I, 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 talking I, through it. I, I grew, grew up you know just wanting the ball in my hands man and then, uh, I actually played uh, different positions you know I was an athlete this was an athlete so but it was just something about that ball being in my hands so um, I fell in love with playing running back so um, it wasn't even just running back uh, I played you know multiple positions like I mentioned so quarterback just having the ball in my hands man um, but when you mentioned catching, catching the ball, something my dad always did for me when I was a little boy in the house, man, just tossing the ball with me. So, you know, catching the ball was just, a, you know, nothing, nothing major to me, just, a, you know, second, second nature, you know what yep. I'm saying? So it was just easy. So running routes and stuff like that and just being the athletic person I was and, you know, it translated easy. So after I figured out that was a specialty in my game out there on the football field, you know, I just bought into it and you start, stopped doing running back drills. I'm not going to lie. I started doing running wide receiver drills. I wanted to run routes and, you know, be crisp in my routes and stuff mm-hmm. like that because I knew that was going to be separation from, you know, me playing running back and, you know, they already divide running backs and my dad played running back so that's how I knew all these things when I was younger. So he taught me all this, always been in my ear and let me know about that. So, you know, I had to stand out and do something different in my game and, you know, being able to catch the ball was something that separated me from a lot of guys. Well, you mentioned you're, you're an athletic guy. I mean, you yes. come from an athletic family. Yes. You mentioned your one brother's running back at, at Washington State. I think, is it a DJ? Or yeah. RJ? RJ. Oh. Deion McIntosh at Washington State, R.J. McIntosh yeah. with Miami. He was Miami defensive end, played yeah. in the NFL for, for a few years yes. as well. What other things you do in high school from, a, from an athlete standpoint? Uh, I played basketball. Um, I played, I ran a little track outside of my high school, you know, t- um, school. But I did track on the side, but basketball was mainly my main 
focus at the football. Everybody thinks they can play basketball in the I'm Seahawks. A I'm a little <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Have you had to go and shoot in, uh, in, in the uh, I did in a few times. I did a few times. I can't tell you my record right now. Cause <laughs> 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 but, no, nah, I did a few times, though. And, um, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I, I get out there I do my thing. I do my thing. Hey, so you know how this goes in high school, right? Mm-hmm. There's three states that think they got the ballers. Oh. Cali, Texas, Florida. Now, I'm from Cali. We from Cali. Come on. And now, I went and trained in the NFL in Florida. And uh, that was my real when I go, yeah, these Florida boards are something different, man. Yeah, and man. one of my dudes told me uh, he played at Florida State. He went on to play in the NFL for a while. I don't know if he was gassing me up or not, but he was like, yeah, man, we go and chase rabbits. I go, get out of here. You ain't chasing nah, no damn rabbit. That's nah, real? No, nah, that's, that's real. That's Come real, on. man. People go out there and chase rabbits for real, though. Like, well, I, I can't even speak for myself. I'm from Fort Lauderdale, but I done seen and heard people from North Florida, up north a little bit, you know, up there that do that and chase rabbits. I actually played against guys on the teams, and you can just see the separation or the difference of it's crazy. You know, speed that it is up there because oh, yeah. I'm from South Florida and, you know, playing against – People from Florida that is, you know, up north and, um, you know, everybody thinks South Florida got the speed. But growing up north a little bit, though, them boys, uh, they chase little rabbits, the, the man, and man, them boys, you can just see it on the field, just see the, the, the separation that, you know, it caused on the game. So it's, it's crazy. Different. It is different. It's different. Telling, hey, it's something about the water, though, they say, though. It might be the water <laughs> down there. The water might be different, though. Look, it's something, <laughs> man. But now, with that being said, you know, Georgia thinks they got a bunch of athletes, too, which they do. And you, a Florida kid, your, your brother goes to Miami. Yeah. How do you end up going to Georgia? I wanted to win, man. Ah, and there I, you go. Like, I, I, you I wanted to win. I wanted, it was a lot of things I wanted in that Georgia provided me, man. So, um, like, I'm bringing you back to high school, man. I went to a private school in high school, Davie, Florida. Um, not too big. We won, they won the um, national championships, I want to say, two years before I got there. I got there in my eighth grade year. So I started playing eighth grade football, varsity football for five years. So um, that was another reason why I went to the school, to go there to, to play varsity football. So then after I got my offer to go to Georgia, getting out of Florida was like a no-brainer, you know what I'm saying? Because Florida schools wasn't – Miami ain't like the old Miami. Yeah. Florida, not like the Florida or right. Florida. Florida State, they just had their great best year, they best year this year, and then they made the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So, Georgia was, you know, the next thing up, and um, I, I, ain't, I, ain't get, I wasn't able to feel that at, you know, at high school. Like I said, we wasn't the, the biggest school. Like I could have went to St. Thomas, Aquarius. Everybody know about St. Thomas no, Aquarius, no. American Heritage down there. But um, I ended up choosing Georgia because I, I, I wanted an O line. That's one too. Me being a running back, I needed an O line to, to run behind. The, that's gonna protect me out there. And I wanted to win, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to go out there and, and compete with the best of the best, playing in the SEC, the best division, and, um, you know, out there and compete with the best. Like I said, running backs, it was RBU, first of all. Oh, yeah. Georgia's RBU. Everybody knows that. And, um, you know, I consider myself to be the best. So, you know, coming from South Florida, we got a mentality out there. Um, we're not scared to compete. So that's something I always had in my head as a young kid. And, Man, when I knew Georgia was you know, an offer, it was a no-brainer. Well, and when you did, I mean, not very many guys get to say they're a two-time, you know, college football champion back like you bet. guys did back, back <laughs> to back. But, but Georgia, when you went there, they, they, they weren't what they are yet. I mean, they obviously, right. they, they, I mean, great, great name. I mean, I had friends from California actually went to Georgia when people weren't going to the SEC, but they just, the experience going there, the, all the recruiting trip. Talk about just uh, Kirby Smart and what made it something so special that well, was no like I, for you. Well, like I said, they, they, they actually were on the verge of, you know, winning. They were just 
going through Bama. Bama was that yep. bump in the road they couldn't get over, you know what I'm saying? So actually, I told this to Kirby before I committed to him. I told him I wanted to be the reason or part of the reason we won or beat Bama. So um, that just talking to Kirby, man, uh, like you said, I talked to him, had, you know, countless of the conversations with him and just how he kept it so real. Not just him, the whole coaching staff, the relationships we built on, um, the old line coach, of course, you know, he just kept it so real with me and just made me feel comfortable, man. And, and I felt the brotherhood there. Um, and that's something that, you know, I had at my high school and something I wanted to go into college. So um, that brotherhood is something that, you know, caught my attention. And also them, you know, they was going to the national championship, but just not winning because of Bama or going to the SEC championship, just not winning because of Bama. And I wanted to be, because of the competitor I am, like I mentioned, I wanted to be, you know, a part of that team because I knew we was. If, so cl- if you see the games, you know oh, what I, I mean? SEC championship, they were supposed to win. One call messed it up the game, you know, so, so little things like that. And I just knew that Georgia was going to be the team, to, you know, beat Bama. They did more than that, you know what I'm saying? They did more than that. You know, yeah. God blessed me with two national championships, like you said, and, you know, not, not a lot of people can say that. So. No. Longest flight I ever took was leaving Washington State and going to Fort Lauderdale <laughs> to train. <laughs> Longest crazy. flight ever. I hop off the plane, and I'm like, I'm in a totally different place. I'm on first to calling things turnpike. I'm like, what the heck is the, <laughs> the turnpike? Turn oh, and they got <laughs> big old iguanas in the middle of the uh, turnpike. I'm like, it's a whole different world, man. I'm and um, telling you, yeah. I was there for eight weeks, and, and it took some adjusting, man. So now you did the opposite. You went from down there yep. up here, man. What, what was that journey like, and, and what are the differences, and, and how do you like it up here? I man, first of all, I love it up here. Um, I got y'all got me up here at a great time when it was the summer. The, the sun was out, you know. The, got the, you. Everybody, you know, everybody <laughs> was outside. You know, nowadays, like now, this time of season, people not outside no more. You know, it's raining, it's it's, it's foggy, you know, stuff stuff like that. So um, that's the number one difference, the biggest difference there. But you know, down south, uh, that scene. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of happy God got me out of that scene, you know. Um, like, I always experienced being away from the house. I, I'm the youngest out of my family, so I, I always did things differently. I was spoiled. I was able to do stuff different than my older siblings. Right. So I wasn't always home as much. I was always gone. So that's probably another reason I went to Georgia, um, to get away, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, now that I look at it, that I think God blessed me by coming up here, you know, getting away from South Florida because, you know, um, it's, it's the same. Like, People, people that's not from there, you know, I hear, all, I hear this all the time. People that's not from there and they go to visit, they fall in love with it and stuff like that. I grew up with it and seen it and did everything I can do down there, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, of course, that's my home. I'm always going, you know, go there. I'll always be back there, find my way back there, you know what I'm saying? But up here, man, it's just different, man. I just love the people here. Uh, I love the fans, number one. I think they, you know, the 12s, I say I, I love them. I think they're, you know, special. I think... Um, the brotherhood here on this football team too as well, like I mentioned, and that, take, that takes you a far away if you don't know that a lot. So that's why I mentioned it, because the brotherhood and, and what you guys do on a day-in day basis, a lot of, not a lot of guys can do it, man, and, and it shows, and um, you know, to be there for your brother each and every day, it, it shows a lot as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I was gonna ask you that, that just that you talked about the, the love and, and the brotherhood when you're at Georgia and obviously what Kirby uh, built there. Definitely. Is it similar here with Definitely, Pete man. I, every, every, I said it, my father, I didn't even catch up, but everything since I got here, man, even the coaches can say, man, everything I've seen at Georgia, I see here. And I, I want to say Kirby got it from Pete, of course, but everything is just similar. The meetings, the walkthroughs, the practice, 
everything, just how, how we go about things, how, how he wants us to think, how Kirby, you know, Kirby, that's, that's another thing. Kirby man do a great, a tremendous job of getting the guys to buy in, buy into their roles, buy into what their responsibilities, you know, getting them to grow up and to be a man. And I think that's what took us far um, at Georgia. You know, um, we used to have these meetings called skull meetings just to, you know, dive into your brain and mentally. Like, we already know, we, you know, five stars, four stars, he don't care about that. Mm. He want to know, you know, you mentally tough, you know what I'm saying? So that's little things we did at Georgia, you know, that got us far, you know, because we already knew we was going to be physically prepared. But when it get to that time, how you mentally going to be, you know, that's going to take you far away. So that's another reason. Do you hear about, because um, obviously Georgia put guys in the league, right? I'm sure you got dudes you play with who are in the league um, at different teams. Definitely. Do you ever compare stories about how the culture is different, how experiences are different with, with your former teammates? From, like, different teams? Yeah. Uh, of course, man, of course. <laughs> A lot of guys don't got it like me. I can say that right now. Uh, yeah. Up here, man, Pete take care of us. Um, he do a tremendous job. I, I can just see that already now by, by how the old heads are on the team and, and how they take care of their bodies and stuff like that. So um, a lot of guys on the team, man, they're they not getting the same amount of, you know, love that we got at, at uh, dealing with Pete here and stuff like that. So um, a lot of guys going through it like it is, like they're still in college, if that makes sense. Going through camp like it's still in college, if y'all know what that is, it's, it's harder, you know what I'm saying? You, you out there with more pads on, you, you out there longer on the field and stuff like that. I'm not saying that we don't do that here or we don't compete because that's, that's, that's the theme of, the, you know, uh, of Pete's. In memo, you know what I'm saying? So all it is, you got to come and be um, prepared each and every day. So um, I think I think, I think, think Kirby and, and Pete are, you know, definitely one of the top coaches and they, you know, they dig the game because just how, how mentally prepared they get us. That's well, why. Well, you know, like we're, we're affiliated with the team, right? Uh, yeah. We cover the games pre-halftime and post. So we always ask about guys and we ask about you and, and the word is like you never have a bad day. Like you show up the same every single yeah, day. Man, like, I, I, I try, I'm sorry about that again, but I'll try to, you know, show up and be the same person again because I'm, you know, like I said, I'm my brother's keeper, man. Even if I'm having a bad day, you probably won't know about it because I don't want you to, you know, feed off my energy. Because I'm having a bad day, you don't gotta have a bad day. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I try to, you know, hide it. Even if I do have a bad day, you know, hide it with a smile. You know, everybody, you know, they, they can't tell you if I'm smiling, if, what I'm going through, if I'm smiling and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, man, I just try to keep my energy high, man. Bring the team together, bring laughter to the team. You know, be that just my character. That's the type of guy I am. You know, I. I can't play football, I'll be angry, you know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't play football mad, I'm gonna go out there and do something crazy. So, you know, as long as I be myself and, you know, keep that smile on my face, make everybody else laugh, you know, just make, just make sure they're in a good mood and stuff like that, it's gonna take us a far away, believe it or not. So, I learned that at Georgia as well, too. <laughs> well, we, we could talk to you for, I really yeah. could. Now, I just, you know, we, we do this every week, we have people and, um, you know, just the way you think through your your thoughts on this, man. You yeah. just you got a great soul. I, I mean, it comes it. Yeah. out. It's, it's really natural. You, I got a real quick last question. Now you're up here. What, what do you like to do? What, what do you we like ain't got to go nowhere. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do you like to do on your free time? I like to fish. I do like you? to watch movies. I'm a good movie guy. Uh, but I do like to go out there and get on that water sometimes. I cast it out there, ease my mind, peaceful. Um, I like to bowl. I'm a good bowler. Though. I'm a competitor. Oh, I have to go Anything with you, what man. it is we're doing, we can do whatever. Ping pong, trash ball, um, whatever. It, it don't matter what it do. Stacking up chairs, musical chairs, whatever it is, man. <laughs> I, I'm going to be a competitor and go out there, you know, give it my all, man. That's, that's something I like to do, so. 
That's what I like. Kenny, man, we, we appreciate yeah. your time appreciate coming out here on a Thursday. Uh, we can't wait to see what you do, man. We watch it during camp. We know, we know <laughs> you're on your it, way, yeah. man. I can't wait to show you. All right, man. <laughs> Give it up one more time for Kenny McIntosh. All right, when we return, man, we'll, we'll close this thing off. Give you our final thoughts. That's next right here on Hawks Live. The Pacific Northwest is the perfect backdrop for the holiday season. J.P. Pettergast. Hawks Live. Presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live. We were just joined by Kenny McIntosh, man. Um, if you want to hear a great interview, make sure you go back. And you listen to that. Me and Moyer have been doing this for about four or five years. Um, interviewed 30 to 40 players and clearly one of the best ones that uh, that we've had. Yeah, that was uh, he, that's an impressive young man right there. And just, you know, just the thought he has and uh, his answers and, you know, they just weren't coming out. You know, a lot of th- you know, like you come out of college, I mean, you're, you're coached a little bit in the media, um, but. He's he's absolutely uh, for real. I, he's he might be my new favorite player, so <laughs> be pulling for him. And you know, look, we, we knew when we drafted him that he had something that was great. You know, yeah. he, he, one he could come out of the backfield. That he played at a big time college, a big time playmaker. I I really wish they'd give him some time. Yeah, um, he definitely deserves it. It's about time. Uh, he has some injuries, but now he's healthy. Uh, yeah. We're gonna see uh, what he does. But we know that he is explosive. He gets his hands on the football. He can go. And you're going to need those explosive plays this weekend yeah, because yeah. you know what the 49ers can do, right? They got four or five guys um, who are liable to take it 20, 30, 40 yards to the house. Um, so I'm excited just to see how this team responds because they lost a game that they felt like they could have and should have won. And now you're playing against an opponent that just reestablished themselves as one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, so I, I think win or lose, you're going to learn um, what the character is like of this football team. Yeah, I mean, when we lost to the Rams, that was a heartbreaker, and we did not respond well the next week. Um, we, when we got beat up by the 49ers, I thought we responded pretty well. I, I don't know what this one's going to be. I, here's what I know. There's, I don't think San Francisco is going to play as well as they played last week. They, right. they were determined. They played that game like it was a Super Bowl game. They play it pretty much that anyway, but you know maybe there's a little bit of a letdown. We, we, we've got to win. The, the challenge is, man, it's on the road. Um, it's on grass, uh, outdoors, you know, just, you know, a lot of things, you know, from a, that road game. It's going to be tough. I, I'll know in the first quarter, though. Right. And it's got to be we make this thing more physical. than I'm, I've, always, I've always said that because, you know, the 49ers are not that big. You know, you, you've got to be able to maul them, but they're quick and they're tough. So you better be able to match that and actually more than match that. I mean, you've got to actually put them on their butts. So, tough game coming up, though. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I'm, I, I want to see the, uh, the same type of assertiveness that we saw out of Geno, too. I like what you said about that throw against um, the Dallas Cowboys, that slant to DK Metcalf. He made it look easy. That's not an easy throw. No. Right? There's so many things that you need to do. Take the safety with your eyes. Flip your hips. Get back. And now put it in a place where only your receiver can get it, knowing, like you mentioned, that Bland is going to try to undercut that thing. Um, assertiveness, and even him uh, with his rushing touchdown. There was no hesitation in his rushing yeah. touchdown. It opened up. He saw it. He went for it. I think that's when Geno was at his best, right, when he's playing confident and being assertive. Yeah, and I, I really I, I want to get him up in the pocket. 
you know, he, he, when he steps into throws, he's much, he's, it, he loses it when he retreats. Now, again, it's natural to say, oh, I, I feel cornered. I, I want to escape, right? And I want to get out, right. out of the pocket. But the really good ones step into the pocket, and you have to trust it. So you're from California. Have you ever, you know, been surfing or boogie boarding? Yep. Man, and you get that wave. I mean, you got to trust the wave's not going to crash right. on you. That you know, you're in that tube, and it, and it goes silent, man. It's like you're mm-hmm. in a zone, and that's what stepping up in the pocket is. And uh, he did that. And again, I don't know what that degree of difficulty throw was to DK, but I'll bet it was one of the top five for sure. You know, toughest throws yeah. to, to make. All right. This year, so. Well, you know, we got one more week of this, Moyer. Yeah, everybody come out, man. It's holiday time. Last week, we got. I'm going to be festive. Got a thousand people in front of us right now, man. The the loyal twelves that we have. We appreciate you guys coming out tonight. And I'm going to bring my. I'm going to wear my Christmas finest. What you wearing? You want to match? I can't tell you. Want to match? Oh, you, Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. it. Hey, special thanks to Charles Cross and Kenny McIntosh for joining the show. Our board operator, Max Strobel, on-site engineers, the lovely Brenner Rogers. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders, and our executive producer is Nasa Choby. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bummers, with my man, Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.